Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I'll be your host for today. And joining me, he is, he's a man out in freedom. He's been, he's been in a repeat offender. He's been on parole. He's been let loose. He's outside. And I've still come back for more. He's still come back for more. It is the one, it is the only. Put your hands together, raise your glasses, get yourself giddy drunk. It can only be Mr. Ed Jowett from Shades of Vengeance Games. Hello, Ed. Hi, Richard. How you doing? It's fantastic to be back, as always. You know how much I love to come here and talk to you endlessly about whatever it is that's on my mind and probably mention a game or two. It's it's good because all I do, I've discovered what I can do is if I uh, if I get you going off and talking about stuff, <laughs> I can get my ironing done at the same time, and I just have to come back oh, and periodically dear. get a check that you're still talking away, and then I just need to give the occasional go. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh dear. <clears throat> so how many players is it? <laughs> how many players does it have? Um, you know, except nah, that's not true. That's not true. Um, for admin, for people who are joining us for the first time, hello, hello. Thank you, thank you for joining us. The reason that we do this is because um, we're almost at episode one hundred, two hundred. Really, two hundred. That's can't fantastic. I know. That's ridiculous. It's just that's, absolutely stupid. I know. That's absolutely brilliant. And we um, we also broke forty five thousand downloads for. The first time as well, so wow! I mean, that's that's go- phenomenal. Congratulations! No, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. It pays to pat yourself on the back now and again. Um, and the other reason that we do this is because um, there are people in this industry that you meet, that you bump into, that you become um, friends with, and when they release their latest campaign on Kickstarter, then you have to um, get them to come in and have a chat and tell either them either that or they. Either that or they just pester you and you just feel you can't say no anymore after a while. You've sent me so many emails, there's actually a folder that has to put all your stuff in. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now you are making <laughs> me feel like bad. Kick- Kickstarter folder and then there's the Ed folder. <laughs> and we just put in everything. It's just like the requests. People that send more than three requests go in the Ed folder so I can keep a track of them. That's not true. It sounds true, though. Um... <clears throat> We are here to talk, we're gathered here today to talk about your latest campaign. We are. Which is, um, which is, Era the, is Era the Chosen. Era the Chosen, yes. And Era the, so, let's, uh, I mean, what you been up to anyway? I mean, we have, it's, I mean, it's been mere months since we last spoke. Yes, so. the last time we spoke was about Evil Overlord, was it not? Did I, did I talk to you about Evil Overlord? No, you did not I talk did. to me about Evil Overlord. Oh, I did no, not I because so. of your little hiatus while you were moving house. Um, yeah, sorry, you know. S- no, 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 it's fine. So like the last that, time you know? I spoke to you then was probably <laughs> Era the Empowered, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. So it yep. has been a few months. So um, uh, we've been stepping up our comics production quite a lot recently. Um, yeah. We've actually produced um, three new comics uh, during that time. Uh, we're about to launch our fourth comic uh, since I last spoke to you, uh, which is another superhero comic, Empowered. Yeah. And uh, I also launched uh, Evil Overlord, which is our second card game. Um, it's kind of a sequel to Champion of Earth. Uh, and the idea yeah. is that with the defences of the Earth in ruins from Champion of Earth, and if you're listening to this and you have no idea what Champion of Earth is, I recommend you go back and find the episode of of, of uh, We're Not Wizards where I where I spoke at uh, where I spoke at Richard about Champion of Earth. Um, mm. And uh, the idea is that with the with the alien invasion defeated, you know, Earth's defences are all in ruins. The heroes have gone off to do whatever, so the evil masterminds come out, and they they grab up all of the things they can and and try to invade the world. And that's what that game's all about taking over the world as opposed to defending it so that that sort of that went on kickstarter and and it's now completed um i'm just waiting for my big print run of a thousand copies so i can send out to the kickstarter backers and start sending out to people um and uh i've obviously actually been working on era the chosen uh the battle cruiser alamo game um the uh, Era of the Empowered, core rulebook being finished off. I've finally finished all of the uh, Era of the Consortium expansions, and I'm just waiting for the print run um, of one of those in order to uh, send out the last of the 
uh, last of the uh, books for that. So I'm kind of I've been doing a lot of cleaning up. Um, I've not released a lot since I last spoke to you. Is it true that you've also took up ballroom dancing as well, just to give yourself a bit of movement and rhythm? Well, you know how it is. I needed to sort of find something to do with all of my copious spare time. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, there must be at least three. There must be at least three hours a night when you're kind of, you know, you have to sleep. I guess so. Uh, you know, why, um, not, why not? You know, can, can put on those shoes. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, on that, get on that top hat. Tie up the white tie. You know, brush down your tails. Um, so that's not that's a, that's not true then. That's just a... no. I'm afraid not. No. <sighs> Um, but what I, I have been doing, like going on. what what I have been doing yeah. is I've actually been doing audio stories. So um, anyone who's already checked out Era of the Chosen while listening to this will already know that actually uh, we've put some audio stories up. Um, one of the things that one of my team is particularly interested in is you know being a voice actor. Um, he's got a lot of talent, and uh, you know I'm I'm more than happy to help him out with uh, sort of getting getting some stories brought to life from our worlds. Now, he and I, at the moment, we're working on a, a, a sort of top-secret project called uh, Radio Free Tyrannus. I say top-secret, actually. Quite a few people know about it already. Um, <laughs> it's just like, how many folk know? Uh, 10,000. Yeah, we, we did a Twitter thing. Um, lots of people. We ran a competition. Uh, we actually told him the story, and we could win or won a T-shirt. Um, everybody knows about it. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. It's not to do. Is that to do with dinosaurs then? Uh, no, no. <sighs> Radio Free Tyrannus is uh, is sort of it's set in the era of the Consortium universe, and the idea is that it's sort of a conspiracy theorist disc jockey. Um, who sort of comes up with all these conspiracies that all the companies in the Consortium are doing, which, let's be honest, are probably actually true. For, for example, is Moritaskus Pharmaceuticals putting things in your food to make you suggestible? Well, you are a conspiracy theorist, but yeah, in reality, probably yes, they would in this corporate dystopia. Yeah, that, that sounds legit. It's probably happening. That's, checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Did the work, yeah. That's just that. So, so that's kind of that's kind of the joke of the whole thing. You know, he, he sort of goes through sounding completely paranoid, and then when you actually go away and look up era of the consortium and kind of look at these companies you kind of look at them and go yeah probably yeah i can <laughs> i can kind fact. of believe most of this <laughs> so I so mean, that's I... a lot of fun and and he you know he he very much gets into it and he's talked me into doing a little bit as well i am um, i do the adverts so i play a highly unprofessional advertiser who sort of gets bored um <laughs> like like you i did, sort of you reading did out the is the best i still love your voiceovers <laughs> Because <laughs> thank you. Ed do that. Ed do that. Accents is the best thing ever. <laughs> it's because you kind of just sound like a slightly more excited version of you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, do you know you get that picture? It's just like it's got like six pictures of a Labrador, and it's like happy <laughs> Labrador, sad Labrador. <laughs> Have you been stretching your accent muscles? Uh, no, I, I can't say I have. <laughs> I, I occasionally... So, Leo is actually one of your countrymen, um, and I occasionally sort of take the mickey, um, but my, my Scottish accent is, is very, very bad. Um, I want to... I want you no, to come no, out with a statement like that no. and say my Scottish accent is very bad and then not do a Scottish accent, Ed. I really come can. On. Yes, you can. I want to hear it. The no, I mean, I mean, I really can say that and not do it. No, you, no, you can't do that. It's, it's not fair. I can't go do on. what? The Scottish accent. Can you do a Scottish <laughs> there accent? There you go. I just did it. That's Come it. on. That was, was that? was that's like you were cold. What are you talking about? <laughs> I told you it was bad. I did what I hear. <clears throat> so anyway, you're back to doing adverts. Yeah, so I'm yeah, so I'm doing the sort of the advertiser, you know, I'm reading the thing and I'll get halfway through it and go, Ah, that's boring, I'm not gonna finish that. Blah 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 Yeah, and if you want it then you can buy it online tomorrow. Yeah, I'll just be describing this thing and get bored and actually one of the ones I did recently that I most enjoyed was um was was a, a sort of a written apology. Uh, so, sort of a spoken apology that was an agreed statement, um, where where kind of um, you know, I I, I apologise for saying that the open technology Flymo would bring your dead pets back to life. 
Um, I said it as a joke, and um, I never really sort of I sort of assumed that no one would really take it very seriously. So uh, you know, sort of my character got in a bit of hot water there. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, obviously, yeah. and the cho- let's move on to the chosen because mm. it's a good thing to move from kind of like raising the dead. Yeah, to... you're not wrong. I mean, the the chosen. I mean, uh, and I'm about to say something, and and then I'm sort of about to sort of qualify that statement. The chosen okay. is one of the sort of darkest and scariest games I've ever made. Um, however, today I've actually been recording era survival stories with Leo. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, some of those are dark. Like, I'd, I'd forgotten just how dark they are. But um, by an amazing coincidence, um, a very similar writing team worked on era survival and era the chosen. So the vast majority of the stories were written by myself or Jennifer Martin, who was the, the other writer on era survival. Um, yeah. Although I actually had a little more help. So... Um, uh, J.A. Cummings, uh, who has only recently joined the industry, but um, this was the first project that she worked on in the role-playing industry. And then she yeah. moved on to things like um, Ghost Ops, and mm-hmm. I know that she's been, been doing some other work with um, uh, James Gantry from Rogue Blade. Ah, right, okay. Um, so she's working with him. And, um, you know, uh, this was actually the first thing she did, though. Um, and, and I also worked a lot with uh, Darren Pierce, um, who is quite well known for uh, writing the first Doctor Source book for the Doctor Who RPG. Um, he's also worked on uh, the Judge Dread RPG. He was the lead writer for that, and wow. he's worked on a little bit of the upcoming uh, Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory um, source book. So you know he, he's got he's got fairly impressive uh, uh, RPG credentials, and you know he kind of came in and said, "Yeah, I'd I'd love to do some work with you." And he actually worked with me on Era of the Empowered as well, but uh, he wrote for Era of the Chosen before Era of the Empowered. So in a sense, this game kind of didn't get published in the right order. It should yeah. really have been published before Era of the Empowered. But um, Era of the Empowered's been in demand for a very long time now, and, and I felt that I had to finish it off and deliver it before I before I came on to Era of the Chosen. It sounds like, I mean, I, I'm not being funny here, but you're mm. starting to build up a bit of a roster of, yeah. kind of like names and people that you're kind of working with. And I mean, is that has that been something you've been building over a, a long period of time, or is this something that's just kind of all kind of... Is it kind of starting to come to kind of fruition a bit for you? I, I think what's happened is as I've been working, um, you know, and as I've started to produce more and more games, I've sort of been more and more noticed. Yeah. Um, and I actually ran into Darren for the first time, uh, I want to say it was, it was three years ago now, um, mm. three years ago in UK Games Expo. We were both on the same panel. And then we were also on a panel together two years ago. And then this year, we actually did... Um, three panels all together. Uh, myself, John, my co-writer from America, and and Darren. The three of us sat down in three individual panels. Um, all about world building, about creation, and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sort of it, these these are things that have sort of grown over time. And Darren sort of stepped forward and said he'd very much like to work with me on something. Era the Chosen was going on at the time. Uh, you know, sort of the writing for it. And I decided that, you know, Era of the Chosen, you know, would suit him quite well. He's uh, he's definitely a bit of a horror fan. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about it and he ended up um, joining in for, for a number of the, the fiction stories that we include. And okay. it's it's really been the case that, you know, sort of as I get more games going and as I get a slightly bigger profile, which, as you know very well, Richard, I'm I'm really doing it organically through continually creating things you know i'm i'm uh, we joked about it earlier but you know i I very very seldom have a a point where i'm not actually working on something and um you know i think that it's gradually beginning to get noticed by various people across the industry um I, i i was actually recognized um not not my face but uh my games were recognised um, when I was at Contingency this year in January. Uh, but yeah, I mean, some, someone actually walked up to me and you're the era guy, aren't you? All right. Um, you know, p- people are starting to notice, um, which is fantastic. You know, I mean, this, is, this has been organic growth and it's taken a lot of years to get to where I am now. 
Um, and, is it, and, I mean, is it... F- okay, mm. so there's another question then. Is mm. it frustrating that it's kind of taking this length of time or are you kind of... I guess, can you look on this and say, look, I'm not one of these flash-in-the-pan kind of things that you manage to bottle lightning kind of once and then afterwards you spend the rest of your creative efforts trying to kind of recapture that. I mean, you, I mean you've, you've always struck me as you're always incredibly patient. You <laughs> are always, you're always continually kind of just getting on with it. And, and I mean, we joke around and say, all right, when do you sleep kind of thing? But you've always got something on your go. You've always got kind of something in the background. You're kind of the epitome of, I guess, the the RPG guy that could, and you're always kind of churning out stuff, and you don't seem to get... I guess you go through your periods where you just go, what's going on? But you always seem to just be striving forward. There doesn't seem to be anything that's kind of like holding you back. I don't mean to be blowing smoke up your ass. I will take Mm. the piss out of you later on. But But at the same time, I mean, are you kind of in a position where you're saying, well, this is me fight, you know, I'm kind of getting there now things are kind of really really progressing for me and going well kind of thing you're kind of quietly confident i I wouldn't say i'm confident exactly but um you know the 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 difference between a year ago today two years ago ago today and three years ago today versus today you know there's Mm -hmm. a line you know and and i can see this line going upwards all the time. And there is a lot more work to do. And yeah, in answer to your original question, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I wish it would go faster. You know, I I love creating. uh, And I think that's one of the things that makes me do the things that you're talking about. You know, I I, I love creating. I love building worlds. I love showing people those worlds and seeing people go, oh my God, that's amazing. I really always wanted this. I never 100% knew how to put it in words, but this does what I wanted it what I wanted from this kind of world. And I learned quite a while ago that if you, if something speaks to you as a creator, there's going to be someone else out there who's looking for it. Yeah. And it's a case of finding them. And finding them is difficult because, you know, uh, every, everyone knows that, you know, when you're a small business person, you need to be a marketer. You need to be, you know, your own promoter. You need to do the things that you are also sort of doing, say, creation in my case. Um, I am not great at marketing. That That is the actual reality. And I've not been able to find reliable people to work with over the last several years who are good at marketing. Yeah. So I found artists, I found writers, and you know we we have a whale of a time. You know, um, Leo, as I said, he was just here uh, doing some recording for Era Survival. We were having a fantastic time. Um, but it, it finding someone who's good at marketing and is willing to put the time and effort into something that isn't an easy ride, because the problem is that the indie RPG scene has a very small audience. Yeah. Is very very challenging, and I've really really struggled to do it. So uh, you know what? I'll extend a, I'll extend a message to any listeners out there who are thinking, "Oh, I could do that." Um, okay, contact me. You know, you can reach us through Facebook. Contact me. I am looking for someone to help out with marketing. I am not great at marketing. Um, I do the best I can. I come on shows like this, and I talk to Richard, and I talk very enthusiastically about our games, but you know, getting that out, getting that message out to people—that's not my talent so if it's yours come and talk to me opportunity for a career in the games industry who knows there you go there you go um how do you keep on coming up with the stories i mean with you know with what you're doing just now at the moment i mean is that i mean is this just another thing that's getting checked off the the kind of excel spreadsheet and you're changing the color from like red to green (laughs) basically as you're kind of going and you do use colors ed don't we've had this conversation before (laughs) It's true, I do. Um, <laughs> however, I however, um, yeah. yes and no. Um, Era the Chosen was something that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, it, it, it brings together two things that I always felt were very, very natural together and were never quite explored. And that is uh, Turok, the the old N64 game. Specifically yeah. Turok 2, really. Yeah. Um, and Doctor Who-style horror. 
By that I mean the kind of horror that you get when the reason that you're frightened is because you don't understand what's going on. And is it okay? Is it um, is it difficult creating tension when in a psychological manner where before you know with kind of like um, era the consortium and even era the empowered, it's almost like well we are doing this, but there is the bad guy or there are the people that we're going to be fighting. Is it is it diff is it is, do you have to approach things from a different manner? when you've been writing, in order to say, well, it's the threat might not always be the obvious direct yeah. thing. It might be something kind of hidden in the background. Is that, has that brought us kind of its own set of challenges? It, it definitely has. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a... And, and that's one of the reasons that I keep genre hopping. You know, I, I mean, I keep coming back to Era of the Consortium, to Era Survival. I'm sure I'll come back to Era the Empowered to write more stuff in there. But, um, you know, I reach into new genres because I want to learn about them. You know, I, I want to learn what it is like to write a game in this genre. And so far, mm -hmm. what I've done has been generally received rather well as reflective of the genres that I do. Um, I, I'd like to think that Era of the Chosen is similar. You know, I did a lot of research into how you achieve that. And I, I worked very hard to make sure that the mechanical side of Era of the Chosen also offered sort of this, this psychological horror. You know, this fear that at any moment you know, something might happen and you might just snap. You yeah. Know, you might just freeze in place and then goodness knows what happens because, you know, the big nasties are going to eat you. Yeah. And yeah. and it was it was definitely an interesting challenge. Um, my first playtest um, actually ended up not working quite so well in that sense. Um, it even ended up a bit like a Benny Hill sketch. Um, <laughs> we, had, uh, we, we, we had a big hulking monster chasing one of the players. And um, this player sort of went, okay, well, I'm, I'm not getting further and further away. It's gaining on me. Um, so he bent down, picked up a stone and threw it at it blindly. Um, <laughs> at which point it hit it right in the eye. Yeah. Um, and then he went, and then he kind of roared, like, to try and intimidate it. Yeah. And the, the damn thing failed its check and ran. <laughs> so, so, like, across the horizon, you first had this, this monster chasing, chasing this guy... And then this guy was chasing this monster, and it was just—it it was just kind of utterly ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't—you know—in that sense, it wasn't a horror game. No. Um, did that matter because the player still had a good time? Not really. Did it matter because the game wasn't a horror game? And really, I'm trying to offer a horror game here. Yes. And really, that's what you learn from playtests. You know, you learn. Okay, well, I need to add something extra mechanical. Yeah. That means that, yeah, this might happen, and you can have these moments of, of funnies in the game. But, you know, it, it you're going to have consequences from your actions. And that's really where the terror and the trophy mechanics that I've added for this game come in. And how does that work? How do these um, mechanics work, then? So, the, the terrors are based on the things that you experience. Um, okay. As you, you know, the, the, the Ananasi are big, you know, well, in general big. I mean, they're terrifying. Um, many of them are big. Others are, you know, th there's even uh, one type of Ananasi, which is a swarm of insects, which literally strips fe flesh down to the bone in seconds. Oh, nice. Um, you know, uh, and the only thing you can really do is run. Uh, that's all you can really do. Uh, or maybe blow it up or burn it with a flamethrower. That's that's basically your only options. Oh, shoot um, it. <laughs> well, shooting at it isn't really going to do much to a swarm, is it? No, shouting. Oh, shouting at it. Oh, well, that might work. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe if you stamp your foot. That could work. <laughs> or play trombone. Uh, oh, in yeah. A, I bet they would like the trombone. In a threatening manner. Especially You're if you hit the right kind of a mid-note. Well, maybe what you could do is play the trombone in like a spooky tune, and they'll run away because they got scared. Or maybe do it in like one of those clown noises, so they all fall over, <laughs> <laughs> and just watch them collapse to the ground. Um, but yeah, um, the the idea is that you know the Ananasi are terrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the players as they fight the Ananasi they will be very, very quickly exposed to a large number of terrifying things. You know, being charged by something that's twice the size of a human 
you know, uh, all muscle, you know, it's terrifying. It's very, very scary. And if you don't immediately kill it, you may well gain an ongoing fear of being charged by Ananasi. Um, I had one person in my second playtest who um, actually got eaten by a whole bunch of different things, like half eaten. Right, and the only way he escaped was um, by uh, firing his pistol right next to his head using an explosive shell. So he came out scarred, um, and from then on, he was actually known as Diego the Eaten um, because oh. he he was literally eaten by you know a thing and then blew it up from the inside. Think think Men in Black. Um, <laughs> it, it was it I was horrible. Not to think it was that. it was terrifying. I mean, imagine. Imagine what effect that would have on your personality. So yeah, he gained a terror, which was being eaten. So anytime he thought he was under any threat of being eaten, he has a strong possibility of just freezing up. And as you build yeah. up these terrors with your character, you know, th- this is part of your character growth. You know, part of not leveling up exactly, but parallel to it. And, you know, th- there's a downward spiral. You You can reach the point where literally... You just you just become virtually catatonic, and you aren't able to fight anymore. You have to be taken back to to our world to ether, and stop fighting. Um, so is that to, is that to stop kind of people just like um, getting too overpowered and then just charging through kind of later levels of the game? Because that's what I see is that as people go through role playing experiences, sometimes they get to the point where they're just. Like any game, you're kind of so over-leveled that it's quite easy for you to just charge through kind of anything and everything and nothing really kind of holds a real threat. Even the more challenging kind of obstacles you face, you know you're eventually going to win. It's just going to, it's going to take a little bit more of a, a bit more of a slog. Was that kind of bringing in this terror, bringing in this almost like backdoor way of kind of taking people down? Was that kind of not not you... really no um in era of the chosen you are hopelessly outmatched most of right. the time um okay. you know like even even at max level you know y- you you can be facing enemies which really could take you out like they right. they are a real threat and they never stop being a real threat because what happens is as you develop they will also develop right. You know, I'm not just talking about leveling. I'm talking about new abilities that they'll gain. I'm talking mm-hmm. about you know new tactics that they'll think of, um, and all of that is covered in the core rulebook. So you know the the idea behind the terror was really to make it so that players can't just go rushing headlong, right? It, it, you're supposed to be worried about losing your mind as part of this game. You know you mm-hmm. you you. you it's supposed to sort of mimic the horrors of war. And you really do face horrors of war. You know, the, these creatures eat people. You know, that they, 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 there's no two ways about it. You know, they, they are horrible and terrifying. And the trophies are the other side of this coin. So the idea behind the trophies is, you know, I use the example of a brute charging someone. Let's say that a brute charged you and you got off a lucky shot and you hit it in the head and it died, Right. You'd have to be a very lucky shot, but let's say, hypothetically, that happened. Um, you might take, uh, say, a finger or, or, like, its skull. Someone wore a, a brute skull as a, as a hat, um, you know, as a helmet to, to scare any other brutes. And these trophies will give you additional abilities. For example, it may remind you that when a brute charges you, you can take it down. You know, it, it, it probably won't completely counteract a terror if you have the identical terror but mm-hmm. in a specific scenario you can be reminded of the heroic thing that you did of the way that you overcame that challenge and you can stand there and face things that otherwise you might fail at and that's really what the what the trophies are all about all right okay i mean is this is this going to be the la- are you going to be releasing expansions for the chosen? Is this going to be the kind of the latest thing? Is it going to be another kind of when you're going between the different, you know, the different kind of RPGs you're doing at the moment? Is this going to be another one that you've kind of added to your kind of your quiver of RPG arrows to use the worst analogy ever? Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. Um, right now it is on Kickstarter. It is doing well. It's funded already. Um, it's even a, a project we love. 
um, which is kind of awesome. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever had a role-playing game be a be a project we love on Kickstarter. Um, I I would like to see more happen for the Chosen. There's definitely stuff I want to do. Um, I'd like to go more into the Ananasi side of this conflict. You know, the the Ananasi are doing things for a reason, and I don't really have space in the core cool rulebook to talk about what that is. Yeah. Um, you may have noticed that it is called Era the Chosen. Um, rather than, uh, for example, Era Survival. Um, yes. That's actually, a, I, I don't remember if I've spoken to you about this before, but um, it's it's a little bit of a code in the names of the games that I do. Um, if there is a the in the title, it means that it offers you play across different scenarios. You know, it's oh, not right, just okay. one thing. So Era, Era Survival is an incredibly detailed world, but there's only sort of one scenario you can play in. Humanity yeah. is dying you know, and you have to try and survive yourself, let alone humanity. Um, Era the Consortium, on the other hand, offers the 500 years of playable history with every subgenre of sci-fi. Era the yeah, Empowered yeah. is similar, offers subgenres of uh, of superhero stories. Era the Chosen offers kind of several different subgenres of horror. Right. Um. It offers uh, the opportunity, of course, for survival horror, but that, of course, was in Era Survival. Um, it also offers the kind of supernatural horror, because what it does is it uh, it spans three time periods. Um, it starts back in the Renaissance era um, of this this uh, uh, of this particular world, which is not quite Earth, um, and it progresses through the Industrial Revolution and then on to sort of just postmodern. Um, and you, you therefore have the sort of opportunity to do, okay, people are being grabbed and we don't know what's happening. People are vanishing from our city. What's yeah. going on? No one knows. You know, we just yeah, know they're yeah, vanishing. Yeah. And you could even do like the, the hardened gumshoe thing. You know, you could very easily go and play that campaign. Um, you know, you, you could, you could be in the Renaissance period when, Really, they didn't have scientific explanations for this stuff. They just kind of said, okay, well, it's magic. Um, <laughs> and, and we yeah. seem to have some sort of magic that lets us see it, so we'll go out and we'll fight it. You can play in the Industrial Revolution when they're starting to understand that, you know, this is some kind of science, but they don't really understand what it is. You yeah. have the opportunity for sort of Frankenstein-type stuff, you know, uh, technology got run amok because they have access to advanced technology but don't know how to use it. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, and that's that's kind of a quirk of the setting. There's um there's an area in this world. Uh, I say this world. It's sort of a, a a bridge universe between our universe and the universe of the Ananasi. Um, and because neither side can survive for very long in each other's universe, we can survive about thirty seconds in the Ananasi universe, and they can survive about five minutes in ours. Yeah, life isn't fair. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But the Lost Lands in the middle, um, there's advanced technology there, and when you pick it up in the Renaissance, you probably don't understand it's advanced technology, you just see pretty metals. Yeah. And then and then the, the group that pick up these metals, uh, or this technology, um, begins to realise that there's more to it, you know, than, than just pretty. Um, so it's made them rich already, but now they become inventors, and they begin inventing all kinds of technologies. And um, this... You know, th this means that, you know, there's technology that people don't understand that they have access to. It'll work if they can make it work. So, yeah. you know, you, you can have the Frankenstein stories. You can have the, you know, the, the, the horrific science run amok stuff. You can progress on to kind of the, okay, we understand this now. Or, or we have the capability of understanding this now in the modern era. Which is much more like sort of the Doctor Who stuff. Um, you know, a lot of the, and I'm really talking about the, the kind of the, I say recent reboot. I mean, like, the reboot ten years ago. Um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like, it's, you know, there's horror there, it's scary, until you realise what's going on. And then when you suddenly realise what's going on, for example, the werewolf is some kind of alien in the one when they're in Scotland. I wonder why that yeah. came to mind. Um, <laughs> can't think. Um, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, as as you sort of understand more about the situation, it becomes less scary and more interesting, and and I think that that this uh, that this setting captures that as well as an opportunity. 
which I think is is a lot of fun and it, it gives a lot of opportunity. Is it trending to be the most one of the more success, most successful ones that you've done in terms of it, where it is just now? Oh yeah, um, I mean it really really helps that it's a staff pick because that does make a difference. Sorry, it's now called a project we love. I apologise. Um, it's already exceeded its goal. It's actually actually while we've been talking, it's exceeded its first stretch goal. So I'm gonna have to go away and do an update shortly. Um, uh, is that exciting? I mean, is that exciting for you? Because I okay. I mean, cast. I mean, cast the mind back about a year. I mean, it must have been about a year ago now. Because I'm kind of looking at folk that we've spoken to and. I mean, I know we joke about speaking a couple of times, but you've kind of been consistent with coming on the show. But I remember us having the conversation where you were pretty much saying, listen, I have no I I do not understand why they give something like, you know, a Simon game or, you know, anything like that kind of like kicks, you know, kind yeah. of staff pick or whatever or project we love. You had no understanding because... They were, they're, they're funded already. Why does it mm. need to have that when you need you know something like yourself? And you seem to now be staring. You've you know, you've, you've kind of joined that little um, kind of collection. Is that again? Is that kind of you thinking? Well, you know, things are. Am I getting noticed now? Is that is that why I'm you know? Yeah, I mean, bear in mind. You know, f- first of all, bear in mind. Um, you know, this is the first time that I've actually been a staff pick. Uh, again, project yeah. we love. I'm sorry, that's the term now. Yeah. Um, it used to be called Staff Bake, it's now called Project We Love. It's, it's the first time I've ever been that, and yes, I'm funded, um, and, and as you know very well, all of my projects get funded very easily because I set relatively low goals yes. and then rely on you know future sales to make up any any losses that I might make. Yes. Um, but I don't see... You know, I, I I I see a lot of projects that were always going to be successful. You know, a, a Batman board game. I've uh, that was that was going back a bit. I think that's the last time we spoke, or, or around then. Uh, yeah. You know, that was always going to be successful because it's a Batman board game. Yeah. I I think that Kickstarter should spend more time promoting creators who aren't going to automatically do brilliantly just because they've got the license to Batman. You know. To, to some degree, uh, and this is particularly in the RPG space, I question how creative people are being if they're making a licensed RPG. You know, how, how much... I'm not saying there isn't anything that goes into it. There's certainly stuff that has to go into it. You have to do a lot of research. You have to do a lot of work. Um, you have to make mechanics that fit the game. But, you know, I, I, I question how much creativity actually goes into a game where the universe already exists. You know, yeah. and... And I, I don't like to get into value judgments on art because you can't. So, you know, I, I, I just, I open the question and I say, how much value do you think, you know, how much work do you think this thing has relative to something else? And do I think Kickstarter are beginning to change their their strategy? I don't know. I I only have one data point. Um, I've not seen very many other games, uh, although I, I mentioned game, James Gantry earlier. Um, of course, his Ghost Ops, I believe, was a, was a project we love as well, and well-deserved. Um, and that, that was a, a, you know, that was very encouraging for me, because it was a project that wasn't based on an IP. You know, it was something that, that was, it was inspired by an IP, much as much as Era the Chosen is, but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't specifically based on something. So, you know, I was very, very glad to see that, you know, he was successful in that way. So, I hope that this signals a change. I hope that this is Kickstarter beginning to notice and uplift the people who, you know, don't just have a license. You know, haven't just been creative because they already knew they were going to succeed because it's Batman. Do you think, I mean, do you think they have to kind of look at that because... um... We're reaching the point where it's potentially getting to critical Kickstarter. I mean, um, I think I was listening. When I was listening to, I think it was maybe Polyhedron Collider. I think we're going through the figures of the number of the number of Kickstarters that had. Uh, it was either no, it wasn't. I'll tell you what. I, you know, as much as I love John and Andy and Steve, it wasn't. It was the Giant Brain. Um, and they were going through the number of projects that had funded through Kickstarter, and the actual funded percentage was a lot less than I thought it was going to be. I think it ended up round about a third 
kind of went through. Yeah, that's about right. So there's a lot of, basically there was a lot less projects funded that ended up doing more money. Now, if I'm a small guy looking to get funded for the first time, does that kind of put me off? Did I end up looking at alternative kind of kind of means to maybe kind of fund my project? Is it is there a potential for another game player to come in and say, guys, if you don't like what's happening over there, come over here? I just I think I don't think things have really Kickstarter does well for tabletop. I don't know if Indiegogo does as well for kind of tabletop. I don't think there's been another pretender to the throne that's Not turned for up tabletop. as kind of. No, because Kickstarter has its audience, but I think yeah, at the that, same that's time, the thing isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, the audience. But I think it, yeah, but I think at the same time, you can't sit and rest on your laurels because, you know, for every, I know it sounds strange, but for every kind of um, MySpace, <laughs> you know, for every Bebo that's been there, for every, you know, for every technology Napster. For every technology platform that's Zoom, you know every technology platform that's come along, it's not been too long since another one's come along and done something differently or or, or done enough yeah. differently in order to entice you know people to go along to that. And um, I think that um, yeah, uh, you know, and especially with the changes to um, you know, especially with the changes to you know, there's going to be this major change with them um, actually offering pre-orders. Um, for the next, you know, for games as well now. So it's not just the crowdfunding platform. So if it's changing, does it need to also look back on the guys that maybe can't, you know, need that, you know, that they do need that little bit of extra support? We'll see. You know, there's a chance it will continue to do I, what it's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that they will realise that the reality is that the projects that inspire people and make people want to come back to Kickstarter are the ones that weren't going to succeed anyway. Right, you you see a Batman game on Kickstarter, yeah, you back it, obviously. Um, yeah, but you you were never in any doubt about whether it would succeed or fail, you know. And to some degree, I you know my, to some degree, my projects are, are reaching that definition as well. You know, after after over thirty projects and only one failing to be funded, you know, y- 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 you'd be valid to look at mine and go, yeah, okay, there's not very much excitement there. You know, uh, there's not very much question about whether this is going to happen or not. Some people like that stability, and some people are on Kickstarter because they want to make projects that otherwise wouldn't happen exist. Now, I kind of straddle that line at the moment, because my projects wouldn't happen if it wasn't for Kickstarter. You know, I I would not be able to create in the way that I do if it wasn't for them, Um, because... You know, and 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 that's why you know all of the backers. I'm very very grateful to all of them, because you know I I couldn't you know make the number of sales to justify or be sure that a game would make the number of sales to justify ahead of actually making it and taking the risk with all of that money. Um. So yeah, I I'm I kind of I kind of sit across the gap at the minute. And I imagine that as time goes on, you know, I'll transition away from that gap. I'm not there yet by any means, but um, and and it may be some years before then. But I I hope that Kickstarter will continue to support creators who would not just make it anyway. You know, even with this change to being able to do pre-orders for things that are a sure thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. As I say, it's a changing landscape and things yeah. have changed, you know, um, continue to change in the hobby. And, and, you know, things are moving. We're moving to more and more mainstream as time goes on. Um, I think it will happen. It's an inevitability. Um, but as I say, um, I must admit, I was I was kind of pleased, very, very pleased for you when I saw that you'd not only funded, um, but you were going to, you know, you were doing well, especially as you were so, you know, so near the beginning of the project as well, which is which is absolutely um absolutely delightful because I know I know the amount of work that you're putting in. I know that you're constantly working until goodness knows what time. I know that you're working constantly kind of during the day doing a normal job job as well. So um you've got to put a lot of commitment into the you know into what you're doing. So you know I have a lot of respect for you as kind of of the amount of effort that you're putting in, and it seems to be this, you know, seems to be, you know, a good start, 
kind of thing. It seems to be, you know, really kind of um, making things kind of, um, I guess, kind of excited. I got excited when I saw it because I went, well, here's one that's, you know, going to do well and it's going to do brilliant. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of time still to go. Um, If people do want to keep an eye on you and what you're up to, and if, you know, if they haven't listened before, then you better remind them, Ed. Just remind (laughs) them. Where can we find you on the interweb nets, sir? Well, if you want to know more about Era of the Chosen, uh, you've got two options. First of all, there is actually a uh, a URL specifically for your ba- uh, for your listeners. Okay. Um, tinyurl.com slash Era the Chosen. All one word. Mm-hmm. I have literally set it up just for you. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, you can also go to Facebook... And there is an official Era the Chosen Facebook group. Okay. And uh, on there you will find tens of um, posts which I've made over the last six months or so. Yeah. Um, detailing all kinds of things about Era the Chosen. Uh, talking about the clans, talking about the time periods, talking about the various different types of Ananasi you might run into. Um, if you want to find us online, you can go to www.shadesofvengeance.com. Um, you can visit us on Facebook, Shades of Vengeance, or Twitter, Shades underscore of underscore Venge, V-E-N-G-E, because it wouldn't fit. It's every single time I try and tweet, like, an episode that we've done, and I'm just like, what's his Twitter handle again? (laughs) Um, It's like, Space Law's got an underscore thing. We're also on YouTube. Oh, okay. um, so we do have a YouTube channel um, I'll make sure I give you the link Because that's a bit less consumable um, And we actually now run An ongoing uh, video cast Of an Era of the Consortium game So uh, it's based in the Sort of the end of Era of the Consortium's uh, Timeline after the, you know, Immediately after the rulebook um, And uh, the, the characters Are uh, just trying to escape Their first mission After having um, slightly screwed up a bit uh, so that's that's all exciting. Those come out Monday mornings every week. Uh, the podcast runs for about twenty minutes a session. So um, you know, I, I, we run a session. I split it up. So it's fairly consumable, and and I think it's fairly enjoyable. I mean, one of the episodes ended with, um, yes, if you lose this, uh, many resistance members will die. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you you will probably set back freedom f- uh, for the consortium forever. Um, and then, and then one of the players commented, "Oh, so uh, a written warning then." Um, to which, to which I responded uh, in in rare form. I responded, um, "Yes. Uh, in fact, depending on how many people die, it might be a strongly worded written warning." Um, and actually, it? actually, one Did fan you... picked up on that and reposted it purely because of that line. So, do you do any of your accents when you're doing that then? I don't. I, I I don't do accents. Uh, Leo is is the accents guy. I'm 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 just a GM. <laughs> That's kind of like an oxymoron being a GM and not do that. It doesn't matter. We'll get it. We've, we come, we we bring this up every time. Um, listen, best of luck with the rest of the campaign, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, you know, um, you deserve to do well. Um, I don't say this of many people, except usually every guest that comes on. <laughs> <laughs> but this time I mean it. Um, oh! If you, <laughs> if you, that's a joke. Please come back on. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then um, you can find us across various places. Um, obviously, Twitter is We're Not Wizards. Facebook is We're Not Wizards. Instagram is We're Not Wizards. You can find us on our blog. We've got a blog. We've got people writing on it. It's fantastic, um, which is we're not wizards.blogspot.com. You can find us on our website, which is we're not wizards.com. You can, you find, can find us, us on, on our Facebook page because we're going to repost this. There you go. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Um, you can find us on all the usual places like YouTube, and you can find us on, um, I think we're on Tumblr as well now, but I think it's just pictures of drawings that I've done um, you can find us on all the podcast catchers so you've got Acast and Stitcher and Speaker and Podknife and there's also obviously Podbean itself and there's Player FM and there's all these other places but there's obviously Apple Podcasts as well and as we say 
if you've enjoyed what you've listened to tonight, well, first of all, jump over. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for listening. Secondly, jump onto Apple Podcasts and consider dropping us a subscription because that really, really helps us. And if you'd like us even more, then consider um, dropping us a rating or a review. If you're going to write us a review or give us a rating, remember, don't give us 10 stars. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Give them 10 stars. Give them 10 <laughs> stars. They deserve it. I, I, lo- I, love ruining, I love ruining this. Give them 10 stars because they're awesome. Uh, you know, We're Not Wizards is one of my favourite podcasts to be on. This is Ed Jowett telling you, give We're Not Wizards 10 stars. Do not listen to anything else Richard says. But don't give us none, because that makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average, and you know, because we're decidedly average. But the person who's ruined this joke again, and who's <laughs> probably also a little bit average, <laughs> is the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing Mr. Ed Jowett. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Um, Thank you very much for having me. There is only two more things to do. Remember, everybody, remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. We're not wizards, are we, Ed? Uh, we are most certainly not wizards. Absolutely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mr. Ed Jowett. Goodbye, everybody. Put... Thank you for listening. <laughs> he puts the E into education and... <laughs> The joy into Javit. Um, <laughs> it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe, uh, roll6s.com. Or tens. And tens uh, if you're playing Era D10. Don't, don't roll, roll sixes. They're roll generally sixes, a fail. Roll6s.com is the website address. Um, <laughs> and check out the rest. Check out Era the Chosen. Uh, it's funded, it's there, it's hitting stretch goals. It's still got about 26 days to go at the time of this recording. It's going to be horrifying if you miss out on it. But until the next time, goodbye. Say goodbye, Ed. Goodbye. Yay!